0: Hey everybody, how y'all doing? I'm Michael. I'm joined by Alex as always. How's it going? And we're here for another episode of Falling Through Plotholes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And this is part three of our mini-series on Far Cry, covering the entire series, including the dumb spin-offs and weird DLC, that is present within the giant universe of Far Cry, the first-person shooter franchise from Ubisoft usually known for going to exotic locales where you usually shoot people and animals, sometimes both at the same time. How are you feeling, Alex?
1: I'm feeling pretty good. Having a good day.
0: Good, 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 good. I am incredibly groggy right now because I had literally the worst nap alive.
1: Ooh, yeah, that doesn't sound ideal.
0: No, no. Have you ever had a nap where like, you lay down for like 10 minutes, but then you instantly fall asleep? Yeah... Yeah, but then you still wake up 10 minutes later, so you just wake up incredibly groggy and with absolutely zero rest.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's not great.
0: Yeah, it's it's not, and that's exactly what I did, which means I'm in the uh, perfect state of mind to basically talk about uh, American politics of the last four years. Oh, boy, yeah. (laughs) So that's going to be great. So, yeah. Alex, we talked a little bit about this before we got started, but this episode was supposed to be the capper to our miniseries on Far Cry. Mm. I had the idea of starting out, actually, this being a two-parter, then that turned into a three-parter. Right. And now it's going to be a four-parter, because as it turns out, we are now on what is arguably the most controversial Far Cry.
2: Hmm.
0: Yes, Far Cry 5 one set in north america the united states specifically now i I had remembered that the plot to this was you know just absolutely dumb and could get could be gotten through relatively quickly and so i figured we could just knock that out far cry 6 and get to the dlc but as i looked into the game more and more and read some more articles about it it became very quickly apparent that i i had to pivot Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to do today. This episode's only about Far Cry 5 and its weird spin-off sequel. Because it sorta of has to that has to be the limit to this.
1: Yeah. I haven't played it, but I'm somewhat familiar with what happens, and yeah, that mm. makes sense.
0: Yeah, and the thing is that it's gonna where this is gonna go was very unexpected. I I did not expect to have to say dish three pages worth of notes and completely rewrite them midway through Mm. the week. Like Mm -hmm. uh, it, we might as well just kind of jump in there and start talking about it. So when we last left off, we finished talking about Far Cry 4, a game Mm -hmm. that honestly up to this point felt like the most complete package in the entire series. Mm -hmm. Competent story, competent gameplay, good time overall. Yep. Now, much like other ubisoft games around this point it featured plenty of dlc which we'll just go ahead and touch on that really quickly because it's ultimately inconsequential but right it's there uh, these include stuff like escape from dergash prison which is exactly what it sounds like it's like a weird rogue-like sort of deal where you basically are pagan min talks to you as you try to escape a prison
2: hmm. uh,
0: valley of the yetis which involves ajay Gale, the main character of far cry 4 fighting yetis Sure. Eh. And Herc's Redemption, a story where Herc, everyone's favorite character, uh, seeks redemption after sending a bunch of monkeys to their death. There's a mission in Far Cry 4 where you strap bombs to monkeys and they blow things up. I see. Yeah, and he feels bad about that, so he has Ajay go and steal a monkey statue for him. Okay. Yeah, it's stupid. Now, what was surprising about this, though, is that there wasn't a major piece of standalone DLC like there was with Far Cry 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Far Cry 3 had Far Cry Blood Dragon, something that we're going to talk about next episode mm. uh, with the way of structure things, but that was a standalone thing you could buy and just launch separately from Far Cry 3. Right. And there wasn't quite something like that for Far Cry 4, and when U- Ubisoft was asked about it, they confirmed that there were no plans for such. And the reason for this, Alex, is because they decided to create an entirely new spin-off.
1: Yeah... <laughs> little... I, I was gonna say Blood Dragon seems like sort of an outlier in its own. Like expecting a piece of DLC to be just like a standalone total conversion mod is kind of it's it's sort of a unique case, I feel like.
0: It is. It is a unique case, but it's also something that every Far Cry game is going to have. Hmm. Well, okay, except for Far Cry 4. With Far Cry Force case, you instead have Far Cry Primal, this right. weird weird standalone thing that have you heard of it at all or played it or anything? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. I've not played it, but I'm I'm very familiar with what it is and what it's about.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it's a it's a game that maybe we'll talk about next time, like in more in more in detail. It's not uh-huh. really consequential for the overall Far Cry mythos, but Right. It's a game that takes place 10,000 years and tells the story of Takar, a hunter who basically is separated from his tribe and has to fight an evil tribe, essentially. Right. Uh, you don't use guns. You command am- animals instead, and you have a lot of melee weapons. Uh, now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that this was supposed to be a complete standalone sort of thing, and it was, as far as like, its own game, it was, it was sold as like a $60 product. Mm. Uh, it's supposed to have no connection to Far Cry 4, Except for the fact it reuses the map and game world from Far Cry 4. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, people very quickly went, oh, this is the same topography and the same map
1: layout. Oh. Oh, Ubisoft's doing that thing where they're pushing their games out too fast and don't give them time to breathe. Exactly.
0: Yeah, because Ubisoft wanted to keep Far Cry on the two-year cycle of new releases with the Mm -hmm. eye of making it a yearly franchise.
1: Because that works so well for literally every franchise that's ever tried to do it.
0: What are you talking about? Assassin's Creed has only been served by the fact that there's a new one every year.
1: Yeah. And Pokemon definitely isn't falling to pieces right now as they overtax Game Freak slash the Pokemon Company to all hell and back.
0: Okay, listen, Mm -hmm. this is aside the point, but what's happening in Pokemon is not... It's not a bad view game, it's art that is happening uh, in front of our eyes.
1: You know, Sometimes I'm with arms somewhat, coming
0: out with the eye sockets.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually somewhat inclined to, to agree. It's been very astonishing to watch.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen a game that's as broken as the most recent Pokemon games.
1: It's the most emotionally involved Pokemon in years, if not decades.
0: <laughs> Do you like windmills that move at one frame per second? It makes you feel things. Oh, you better believe
1: it. Mostly astonishment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, mostly a feeling that Game Freak maybe needs to hire more more programmers, but... Mm, Maybe. (laughs) But yeah, so they wanted to make this a two-year cycle of games, and the idea is that they were going to put this out in 2016, and then Far Cry 5 was going to come out in 2017. However, those hopes were dashed. Far Cry 5 simply wasn't going to come to full fruition, And it had to be pushed until 2018. A move that's going to be very, I have written here, very consequential for its plot and themes in a way that I don't think Ubisoft really expected.
1: Right.
0: So, Alex, I'm not going to beat around the bush too much on this. Mm -hmm. Far Cry 5 has been described as arguably the most controversial game in the series. And once I describe it, I think any American will understand.
1: Right. I was going to say, from an American standpoint, yeah, totally. Mm Hmm.
0: yeah and my understanding is you haven't played this game either
1: Uh, correct i have not
0: yeah yeah but i'm sure you're pretty familiar with all the pre-release coverage and uh yeah yeah so for anybody who's not aware this game takes place in the united states uh specifically in montana uh one of the northernmost states uh very very beautiful country known Mm -hmm. for being quite wild uh And it involves a coded-as-right-leaning Christian religious sect that believes the end times are coming and have built their own militia, taking over a county in Montana and actively fighting against the government. Now, while I do think Ubisoft is going to lean into this controversy a little bit, it does appear that a lot of this was ultimately unforeseen. And in order to explain this, I think we need to talk about how this game's plot came together and what are the inspirations for this. Because it's unlike the other Far Cry games... Where they, you know they do take like inspirations from like real world, real life events. Once again, like Liberian Civil War for Far Cry Two, for instance. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the communist movements f- uh, in Asia for Far Cry Four. It's de- there's definitely a lot that goes into the inspiration for the Christian sect Eden's Gate is what they're called in Far Cry Five. But I think a lot of it is, I, I think some of it's actually become kind of forgotten just with how radicalized things have become. Mm. I think it'll be interesting to kind of talk a little bit about that. So this game started to come to fruition right after Far Cry 4 released. So it's 2014, and writer Drew Holmes was hired by Ubisoft to write Far Cry 5. Now, after meeting with director Dan Hay, he was given the basic outline. They're going to bring Far Cry back to America and have the main villain be a cult leader who's predicting the end of the world. It was going to be Drew's job to flesh everything out. Now, Drew's not going to be the only writer on this game. He estimates at one point there's going to be 12 writers in total on this. You know, Mm -hmm. not only doing the main story, but like side quests and whatnot. Right, right. But he was the one who's going to be overseeing it all. And it was his job to flesh out the members of the cult, the game, and the situation the player character was in. Now, they're going to take some different tacks with this game. The first is that the very successful model of having a central villain who's like the overwhelming presence, really the main character of the game in many ways. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of got tired of that, and they wanted to have a more somal cast of villains to follow on. So okay. while the main villain is Joshua Seed, the leader of this cult, the Seed family itself is going to play a very heavy prominence in this game, even more so than Pagan Men's Lieutenants from Far Cry 4.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: on top of that, you are now going to be playing an unnamed deputy as part of the Hope County Sheriff's Police Department. Uh, you can either pick to be a man or a woman, it does not matter, as it turns mm-hmm. out. And you have no voiced lines at all. So it's kind of going back to almost like a Far Cry 2 situation. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, not a decision I'm a fan of, personally.
1: Yeah. I'm not huge on, like, silent protagonist player characters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, especially in this series where one of the main highlights has been typically the interaction between the main character and the villain. Right. Uh, particularly in Far Cry 4. Right. So... He describes writing the game as very difficult, specifically because unlike previous Far Cry games that have had a linear story, this game has more of a choose-your-own-adventure take. So mm. you get to tackle any of the three major regions in whatever order you want. Uh, and they each have their own self contained story, and once you handle that, you could just move on to whatever else you want to do. Right. Now, one thing he's very sure on, and this is pretty consistent through all the interviews with Drew Holmes is that there was no major changes to the narrative mid-development. Uh, now, this is a little hard for me to believe, given what happened between his conception in 2014 and release in 2018.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And for those you who are not aware, let me give you a little refresher on American history in those four years. The first and probably most consequential is the controversial, and controversy is the rise of the alt-right and re- election of Donald Trump as President of the United States in 2016. Donald Trump, of course, being a far right reactionary
2: mm-hmm. uh, that
0: helped lead to a greater reactionary movement towards reversing gains made by leftists in the during the Obama administration uh, Gains that included greater LGBTQ rights, uh, awareness of police brutality and systemic racism, uh, migrant rights, etc. Uh, things, of course, such as, you know, build the wall, pushing back on Black Lives Matter. uh, Stuff that led to the protests in Charlottesville, the violence that happened there, the people that died, the protests at the Capitol, um, and in general, a heightened sense of polarization between the left and the right. Uh, Something that made it that politics now was no longer a disagreement between agreeable people, but rather a war of life and death. The idea that even if there was a even the mildest slight, the mildest offense, Uh, Even the mildest suggestion that maybe things should change, that something you didn't like, was now the greatest affront and greatest slight, one that needed to be met with violence. Donald Trump's election also was buoyed by the religious right, a powerful voting bloc that had its roots in the 70s, uh, reached an apex in the mid-2000s with the election of George W. Bush. But still was a powerful bloc in 2016 and helped whitewash some of Trump's more unchristian flaws, which was, granted, everything about Donald Trump. Now, on top of all of this, this was also coinciding with the rise of militia movements all across the country. Organizations such as the Three Percenters and the Oath Keepers uh, started to gain a outsized media influence, as far as like what is reporting on their actions, as well as the fact that they were very aggressively re- recruiting a uh, very disenfranchised, usually white men in in their ranks. Uh, and these militias being very much to the far right and being very much willing to fight in the streets uh, tended to lead to a a lot of the violence that we would later see in places such as Charlottesville or in our nation's capital. Now, knowing this context, you can probably guess why a game that involves shooting pro-Second Amendment Christian militia cultists might rankle some feathers. (laughs) (laughs) Now, during all of this, Alex... The, both the writer and the, the uh, director of the game, director, of course, being Dan Hayes, mentioned that these events had nothing to do with this. They did not influence the story at all. Uh, Dan Hayes is going to give multiple interviews that is going to contradict this, but that is what they say early on. Mm-hmm. They, say, they say that, in fact, the what actually influenced the cult in this game, as well as a general concept, was uh, more relatively recent events in american history that involved the militia movement and religious cults mm-hmm. and they're going to reference a couple of events in here alex have you ever heard of the waco siege yes yes uh yeah very very consequential events and i'm sure if you've heard of that you probably have heard of the branch davidians that one i'm not as familiar with okay this is fun let me tell you about the branch davidians yeah, the Branch Davidians are a splinter group of the Seventh day Adventist church. Uh, Seventh day Adventist church has some slight uh, feelings towards the end times, um, mm-hmm. as uh, stated in Revelations and whatnot. Uh, the, but they aren't like completely like apocalyptic group. Now, unfortunately, though, the fact that they weren't a completely apocalyptic group meant that some members of that church did not particularly feel like they were following scripture the way that they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. That led to a schism that resulted in a cult branching off from them. Hence why they're called the Branch Davidians. Now this is a group that existed in the seventies, but after a series of um, controversies in the eighties, they were ended up being leaderless and a, Man by the name of David Koresh ended up taking control of them. David Koresh, incredibly interesting guy. Uh he basically grew up in California as a hippie, uh, experimented with drugs and then but then eventually became a born-again Christian who found his way to the Seventh-day Adventist Church and then eventually to the branch Davidians. Mm-hmm. Now his main belief is that he felt like he was the Lamb of God and was going to be the person who was going to help bring about the end times and lead his flock through that onto, into the other side of whatever the world was going to be after Jesus returned to the earth and wiped the slate clean. Okay,
1: okay, sure.
0: Yes. Now, his belief that also was that this end of the world was going to happen immediately and that they had to prepare and how they prepared is that they ended up moving to a place called Mount Carmel in uh, Texas, 13 miles outside of Waco. Uh, this was a compound that had already been uh, bought by other Branch Davidians, but after the splinter happened, David Koresh essentially bought them out and moved this entire sect in there. Okay. Now, this uh, group essentially operated completely on their own. Uh, they exced modern technology, uh, they espoused living a very simple life and also a healthy fear of the government now during this time david koresh who is a bad person Mm -hmm. let me get that out of the way he's going to be a very he's a very bad person decide he needed to take on many spiritual wives uh he is already married but he's like well of all the single women you know they deserve to have a husband so i they will be my spiritual wives and now, okay. spiritual wives also means literal wives, is because he's going yeah, to yeah. have many children with him. Okay, yeah. Eventually, he's going to annul all the marriages uh, that already existed in his flock, so he could, you know, have sex with the rest of his congregation, uh-huh. and have even more children. Okay. Uh, now, on top of all of this, he also was running—well, we'll get to that in a second— now, it's with these women he would have many children, and it would also lead to credible accusations of other branch of Indians of, having, of child molestation, because some of those mm-hmm. brides were as young as 10. <sighs> okay, yeah. Yes. Now, surprisingly, Alex, this did not get the intention of the government, but rather Koresh's unlicensed gun business did.
1: Okay, yeah, that will usually do it.
0: Honestly, actually, I'm kind of surprised given it's Texas. I mean, this is the same, this is the same state that I, my, me and my dad once walked to a dude's house and bought, well, my dad bought one AR-15 and I almost bought another <laughs> and was able to just walk on out with the promise of if the background check failed, I would have to come and return the guns. <laughs> so the idea that he's actually getting busted for this was like, huh, okay, interesting. Interesting. So the U.S. government wanted to come, go and bring him in, but um, uh, David Koresh was not particularly cool with that, and so he refused to accept the warrant and be brought in. Mm-hmm. This happened, what happened was is that uh, members of the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms uh, Division of the government ended up getting into a shootout with him and his, and his Colt. Mm -hmm. uh after this the fbi was called in as well as both the texas and alabama national guards and this led to a two-month siege of his complex in mount carmel now what ended up culminating was a running gun battle between the government and the branch davidians that on the final day caused multiple fires to break out in the complex damage to the building that was caused by gunfire being exchanged uh also caused part of it to collapse which combined with the fire meant that many cultists were not able to leave the building safely. Mm. Uh, this resulted in the deaths of 76 people, including 17 children. Uh, mm. David Kresh himself was later found dead of a gunshot wound, thought to be from a fellow Davidian, uh, unsure if it was suicide or if it was an intentional murder. Right. Uh, on the part of David Kresh's prophecies of the end times not coming to fruition. This caused an incredible amount of controversy because it was essentially considered that the government overstepped. Uh, That instead of finding a way to de-escalate this situation, uh, they instead forced an issue that did not necessarily need to be forced in this way, and in turn, led to a ton of people dying. Mm -hmm. Now, this event, alongside the siege at Ruby Ridge in 1992, would have a profound impact on the militia movement. It is credited with helping to kickstart that movement. So Mm. what we see nowadays with the Oath Keepers and the Three Percenters goes all the way back to this. It also is coincides with the rise in domestic terrorism in the United States as well. Two years later, the uh, bombing of the Alfred P. Murrah building in uh, Oklahoma City occurred. Uh, Mm. I don't know if you remember this, the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It is the worst case of domestic terrorism that's ever happened. Uh, Killed 168 people, uh, Portrayed by Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols, they cited Waco as their inspiration and even deliberately picked the day as of the bombing as the final day of the Waco siege, April 19th. Now, this also had a profound impact on the government of how they dealt with these militia movements and sovereign citizen movements, which is a similar branch of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when members of this sovereign citizen movement led by Amon Bundy occupied the Mahler National Wildlife Refuge in two- 2016... There was a deliberate attempt to not escalate the situation, lest they cause another Waco-type event. hmm I remember that 2016 um, siege. I don't know if you do, Alex. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that was real... It was nuts. It was a very nuts thing, both humorous and scary at the same time. Yeah. Scary because, yeah, you have another Waco-like thing sort of happening where a bunch of sovereign citizens just basically occupy federal land and mm-hmm. refuse to refuse to disperse. Funny because people kept sending them dildos and he had to put out the messages saying, please stop sending us dildos. (laughs) (laughs) Also very interesting just because pretty much everybody involved with that was acquitted later. Right. Yeah, including Amon Bundy himself. So this is the background for the game, right? You have all of these events that are happening. You have this far right movement that has taken control of the country and you have the fact that where any sort of slight that happens towards the, towards the right is met with violence and, r- like, violent rhetoric, and there's just so much tension in this country, of course this game's going to have a ton of
1: co- controversy, right, Alex? I want to say, yeah, but I don't remember much. You know, it's funny that you say that.
0: <laughs> so here's where things get derailed, Alex. Uh-huh. So because I remember this game having a ton of controversy with this. And every article I looked upset. there's a ton of controversy about this game. Mm -hmm. And so I started reading more and more about this because, you know, this is something that we need to talk about. We need to really espouse upon. We really need to set the stage for the most controversial Far Cry game. The most controversial Ubisoft game. And then I realized that there was something very common with all these articles. Mm -hmm. They essentially were saying how Far Cry 5 could it be controversial right not how far cry 5 was controversial right that's a very distinct difference yeah <laughs> now that's i read i think a good 10 or so articles and that i came to the rather strange conclusion that this game wasn't controversial at all now to give some examples about this I noticed that like article titles that would note how the game is either controversial or could be controversial without giving much example besides the context I already provided. Mm -hmm. And some of these include this this inverse.com article, which has, quote, here's why half of the internet is angry about Far Cry 5. That's a a pretty big deal. Okay, why is half the internet
1: angry? That's a lot of people is half the internet. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So the main thing they cited was the key art. So the, the main piece of promotional
1: art that was put out.
0: It's literally mm-hmm. on the box art. For those of you who have not seen this, it has the main character, Joshua Seed, sitting at a table with a Last Supper-like tableau of him surrounded by the other characters in the series. Um, and so everyone saw that and was like, oh, wow, look at that. They're all white and it's all, ah, man, it looks very, very scary looking. And citing this key art as controversial, they state, quote, those who hate the art, well, they're the folks you'd expect to hate it. Those who decry attempts at political correctness and call others too soft. That is until satire turns on them, end quote. It then links to a single Twitter post and nothing else. (laughs) There is nothing else in there to (laughs) indicate who is actually angry or upset at this. Other examples, though, get even more ridiculous. There's a game's radar piece titled, When it comes to controversy, Far Cry 5 will be on the right side of history. Alex, this this may be honestly the worst gaming article I've ever read.
1: I mean, anything that calls a Ubisoft game as being on the right side of history is already a red flag, but go on.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But the central thrust of this article is that, while controversial, Far Cry 5 will eventually be seen in a much more favorable light, uh, similar to other pieces of media that existed. Like, they compare it unfavorably to the Green Berets, a John Wayne film that basically celebrated the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. But they do compare it favorably to a movie called Poison, which is a prominent uh, LGBTQ uh, film that uh, was incredibly controversial at the time, but is now well re- regarded as a piece of cine- cinematic history. Mm-hmm. That being said, the two, these cite controversy from two sources. One is an article from uprocks.com that states that some people are calling the game a white genocide simulator. Without mentioning who or when this was said, <laughs> Though they do link to a bunch of Twitter posts dunking on the very concept. Uh, I have tried finding this white genocide simulator like Mm -hmm. either tweet or message or article and I wasn't able to find it. I was able to find many articles citing this that somebody had said this game was a white genocide simulator and then dunking on it. Uh I watched a couple of too long YouTube videos Of people being like, man, it's ridiculous. People are saying this is a white genocide simulator without mentioning who said it. Right. So I don't know where this came from. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I believe that this exists. I just don't know if it actually came from anything that was important.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: It also mentions a change.org petition about this game. And Alex, we got to talk about this change.org petition.
1: Okay, let's do that. (laughs) So
0: it was cited in so many articles and this was a change.org petition that um was basically saying that they need to ban far cry 5 or pull it from store shelves like rework the game do something about it okay alex first off if you're tight if you're taking an internet petition much less a change.org petition seriously in any way Mm. don't Uh, yeah they are the most toothless and pointless things in existence and second, you should really not take this petition seriously. Because first off, every other word in this is misspelled in ways that wouldn't make <laughs> sense to a first grader. And every other word is also has random capitalization in it. And it contains lines such as, quote, the continued rejection of romantic partners when they found our hobby, the appropriation of our culture by so-called gamers on Twitter, no more. That's if that sentence doesn't sound like it makes sense, it really doesn't. I don't know
1: who it's
0: mad at. I don't either. And also this quote, their rules physician and sexual violence towards their oppressors will then be explained as a reaction to harsh government policies and taxation to show that both sides are wrong. Sure. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That sounds vaguely like something that might be relevant to the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It might be. I'm not really sure it is, but sure. Now it ends with an update stating that, quote, I was hoping to update the petition in regards to the success we're seeing in our mission, but change.org decided to attempt to censor this petition by refusing access. They said they were just updating their servers. Well we all know the truth, end quote. I, I like that they say that they're trying to censor it by not letting them update and then they update to put this update in there.
1: Right. So, Alex, this is clearly not a serious petition. No. This has to be satire. It must. This sounds like a 4chan post.
0: It really does. And here's the thing. Even if it was serious, not a whole lot of people signed this petition.
1: (laughs) Gee, I can't imagine. Right?
0: Right. Yeah, uh, looking back on so this petition is not available on change.org anymore. But looking back on the Wayback Machine from October of 2020, uh, this signature, this um, petition got 2,716 signatures. Now I know this is probably kind of a meaningless number for people. So let's give uh, some references to this, like the so you you kind of have an idea of how much this actually is. A petition to Far Cry 5 to have an update to allow co-op progress to be saved uh, that is still active today, uh, but has been active for roughly about the same amount of time, got 2,597 signatures. And a current petition to help save the main lobster industry from whaling has 24,335 signatures. Now, I'm sure people are very passionate about the Maine lobster industry, Mm -hmm. but I think it's safe to say that's probably a little niche, right?
1: I would say so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it got, um, what, ten times the amount of signatures? Mm -hmm. It's clearly not a big deal, and it's clearly not something that you should report on uncritically, and so many of these articles did.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, my feeling about it is that at this time, for reasons we have previously explained, um, I think people had real controversies to worry about. hmm And first of all, Far Cry, people didn't really care about Far Cry anymore. Yeah. Ubisoft had run it through the machine. People, it, it was not a big deal at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not to be honest. Yeah. Um, And yeah, just people had real things to worry about, it turned out. But at the same time, the alarmist journalism was in full overdrive because largely of those real things to be alarmist about that. Yeah, just fine controversy to report on was sort of just the order of the day.
0: Yeah, it sort of was. I mean, this is the rise of like gaming journalism being actually taken seriously, and right. Yeah, this is something that's like very easy to report on and reported on it in like you know, uh, with the tone of like the current political landscape and make it seem like it's a, something that's very very important and needs to be fought mm-hmm. for. Right. When it's like no, nobody actually cares about this. Yeah. Yeah, it's people searching for people seeing searching for controversy and finding it, but finding that nobody actually cares about it in the end. Right. Yeah, and it's and to be fair, like it was successful and making it seem like it was more con. Well, at least for me, it was make mm-hmm. successful at making it seem like it was more controversial than it actually was. When honestly, nobody on the on the right wing cared about this. Right. There's a Breitbart I- article that's three paragraphs long that got buried
1: on their website one day. Great. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I my, I remember my reaction to it to wh- when I like heard about what it was gonna be being like. I don't feel like Ubisoft's gonna handle that delicately.
0: No, no, and the way they're gonna handle it is gonna be so weird. Mm. Like, are you familiar with how this game was even like announced at E three and whatnot? I don't think so. So. I'm going to run through how i kind of learned through this game so i was listening to like podcasts like giant uh the giant Bombcast, and all that mm. um and prior to the pre the so this game was like leaked in like 2017 and then uh prior to it being shown off at e3 that year uh there's a event that happens it at uh, e3 the major games expo that happens in mm. north america called judges week where they get game journals together to Look at these games and basically vote on them for awards, more or less. And usually they're given like overviews of the game, and whatnot. And at one of them, somebody from Ubisoft—I don't know if it was Dan Hayes or somebody else—basically talked about this premise in very grave tones of like this reflects our current political landscape of how mm-hmm. we're going to really be tackling some serious issues. The you know the rise of the militia movement, religious uh, cults, and how the Fight against secularism and like all this sort of stuff, uh-huh. and you know that's how I learned about this game. And I was like, "Wow, that's really bold." And I don't know how they're going to pull this off without it being a mess. But I got to, <laughs> I, I got to give them credit for trying at the very least. At E three, they showed off a trailer that not only shows off the the main villain joshua seed and has like a more serious Toad. It then immediately cuts to a pop song and people, you know, saying quips like, Man, let's light shit up and like explosions of bright colors, and you know, everyone's having a good old jocular time shooting people in Montana. And it became very clear it's like, Oh, oh. you're not gonna you're gonna make sure this game is not controversial at all, aren't you? Yeah. And Alex, that's exactly what they're going to do. I said earlier that Ubisoft was going to lean into this controversy a little bit, and I think that's true with interviews that Dan Hayes would give, saying that like it's hard not to look at where the country is and see mm-hmm. that we're on the brink of collapse, or talk about how, oh yeah, of course they did influence the writing a little bit. Like, we didn't intend to go this way, but how could it possibly not? You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when it came to actually showing off the game... They did their damnedest to be like, this is going to be just a fun romp through America, man. We're going to just be (laughs) shooting guns and having fun and everything. And it's like, Oh wow. You just, this is going to be largely toothless. Right. And upon release it was, it was completely toothless. Mm -hmm. And what ultimately resulted in was a game that was actually controversial for a different reason. Right. It did absolutely nothing with this premise and while the game itself was well, relatively well-received, like, it's still fun to play, the uh-huh. plot was something that left critics very cold. As The Verge notes, quote, The general consensus since the game's release is that Far Cry 5 completely screws this up. Ben Kuchera at Polygon writes that Far Cry 5 gestures towards serious issues like religious extremism or gun culture, but gets nervous and pulls its punches, stopping short of either of being either entertainingly apolitical or seriously timely. Mm-hmm. GQ's review describes it as a video game for cowards. <laughs> Good. The, right? Yes. The Verge's own Andrew Webster calls it a game that creates the illusion that it has something to say, then stubbornly refuses to say anything. End quote.
1: Oh, that's the most frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. When a game's just like, listen, I have something important to say, and then refuses to elaborate
0: absolutely refuses
1: yes i'm listening what what is it no yeah it, fill like, in fill in your own gaps think for yourself shut up
0: mm-hmm. yeah we're not gonna tell you man you know it's up to your interpretation Ugh. oh it is so so frustrating and it's so reflected in every aspect of this writing mm-hmm. josh joshua seed who is supposed to be this preacher this leader of the cult Honestly, you wouldn't think he's that religious other than the fact that he just has a lot of lines that sound vaguely like sermons. He's, uh, he quotes the Bible an awful lot in ways that barely, t- barely <laughs> tie into what's going on with the action. It It's basically just somebody who just read the Bible once and then said, these lines sound good, let's just throw them in there. Like, it is so, so frustrating. And this same article that I referenced also notes that a lot of the tropes that the cult in Far Cry 5 has... Actually, more closely resembles left-leaning cults like the Manson family. Uh, Here's the thing about this cult. Uh, It has a heavy focus on psychotropic drugs. We're going to be talking a lot about something called bliss. Mm -hmm. And this is heavily contrasted by the fact that the resistance you fight alongside is a militia. It's a right-wing militia thing
1: that's made Uh, up of crazy conspiracy theorists. uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Hmm. Did, okay, so now we got to go back to – um. this was created once again by Ubi Montreal? Correct. Okay. So not Americans.
0: hmm Yeah, the writers were Americans, I should say. But, okay.
1: Yes. That – I guess it helps. But it's – so part of the reason I just sort of immediately lost interest in Far Cry 5's story is it felt like it was not the – I It feels like it was not the only game at the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: that purported to be like controversial or meaningful or like, oh, we're going to talk about things yeah. from a triple A company. And invariably, they don't talk about things and they don't even really do their due, del- dil- due diligence getting into things. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, yeah, there's a cult. They do drugs scary right oh mm-hmm. man those cults yeah yeah it's like yeah okay this is this is the hollywood writers room cult of insert scary remote religious sect oh here what do they do uh drugs that's scary right uh and guns are scary Mm-hmm. and they read the bible the scariest book who knows what those Christians will do? who knows
0: they have a line in there where where Joshua Seed says they're gonna take away our guns and our freedom. oh, oh man, man that's time that line, yeah, yeah, it is
1: it's 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 just so fill fill in the lines with the colors of whatever manner of existential fear you want here,
0: mm-hmm. Exactly, and this is why I 100% believe Dan Hayes when he says, "Hey, the current events didn't have didn't have an impact on this because it's like, oh no, of course that's the reason why you went back to to Waco and Ruby Ridge events that were at that point 16 years old, right? Yeah, because of course, like, why would you why would you do anything recent if you did that in your franchise, your multi million dollar franchise?" Like, there's no... People at, at Ubisoft would balk at that because there's a, there's a potential that could impact sales. Right, exactly. You have to whitewash this in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is such a wasted premise. And with all that out of the way, I guess we actually have to talk about the plot of this game that's honestly not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and just to let you all know, it gets you all a little inside baseball. Uh, that's five pages worth of preamble... Three pages about the
1: plot. Oh, good. <laughs> so,
0: this game, first off, takes place in 2018. Very important that we remember it takes place in 2018. Okay. Uh, for reasons we will get into later. It starts off with what seems to be like a documentary featuring the residents of Hope County, Montana. As they talk about how like a cult basically took over their lives. First buying all the land, the radio station, and then eventually buying the police off. We then cut to see a series of cell phone videos where the preacher of a cult named Joseph Seed uh, kills a man with his bare hands. I've been calling this poor man Joshua this entire time. His name's (laughs) Joseph.
1: It's all
0: biblical.
1: Whoops. (laughs) It's it's, insert biblical reference name here to make cult preacher man Mm -hmm. biblically scary.
0: Right, exactly,
1: exactly. Uh, Joseph, he's Joshua, he's Jebediahs. There's a lot of J names in this. There's a lot of J's.
0: Yes. (laughs) So he's basically talking about how there's like wolves among us. And eventually he finds one of them does is recording this secretly. And I guess live streaming it on Periscope because he immediately gets caught. So I don't know how the cell phone video gets out. Oh, I also don't know how the cell phone video gets out because it is later established that there is zero reception in Hope County for very intentional reasons. Mm. Perhaps because of this event. Anyways, he murders him with his bare hands. This causes the government to go, we gotta arrest him. We then cut to a helicopter filled with U.S. Marshals, Burke Hudson and Pratt, as we take control of the deputy who's a new member of the Hope County Sheriff's Police Department, that is they fly in to arrest Joshua Seed. While they're on the way, Sheriff Whitehorse of the Hope County Sheriff's Department does his best to convince him not to mess with Joseph Seed and Eden's Gate, his cult. He says they are people you are not to fuck with. You know, it's going to be your funeral if you drop on down there. Anyways, Burke is like, nah, we're going to go down there. We got to arrest this guy. And so they land and as they get out, they see basically people milling around like zombies, setting fire to random things as they walk into this church as Joseph Seed is giving his preaching sermon. Now he's there preaching about how the government is there to take their guns, their freedom, their religion. We know what happens next, they will come. They will try to take from us, take our guns, take our freedom
2: take off faith
0: the marshal then interrupts the sermon and says hey listen i'm here to arrest you now angry parishioners surround him but you know joseph's like hey nah nah it's cool i'm gonna go i'm gonna go calmly because guess what god's not gonna let him take me i know god won't and so he puts his arms out to be arrested now here the deputy goes handcuff him there's a secret ending. If you actually wait five minutes, you'll just walk out and just be like, well, we're just never coming back here. <laughs> uh, which, how this game goes, probably is actually the right decision. But mm. for the purposes of this game, you put the cuffs on, you lead them out, you put them on the helicopter, and you start flying off. Just in time for all the Colts to basically turn into zombies and just rush the helicopter. Literally jumping into the rotor blades, taking it down, crashing the helicopter lead into a situation where somehow nobody dies?
1: Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, helicopter
0: crashes, the safest thing that ever happened.
1: Yeah, this is very out of character for a video game intro. Indeed. Sure.
0: Yeah. So, Joseph is completely fine, by the way. Everyone else is injured, but he's like, yep, I'm fine. Look at me. Like, the is like, desperately mm-hmm. trying to call Sheriff, um, a white horse, and then, like, uh, Joseph, like, grabs the the microphone's like, oh, dispatch, you don't need to do anything. She's like, oh, yes, Father. Uh, praise be to you. She's like, yep. Gets on out, addresses his militia members and says, okay, round them all up. We gotta do bad things to them. Except for you. You managed to escape while the rest of your crew is basically dragged out screaming. Oh, I do how? Um, well, they're alive, so they just, you know, the cult members just grab them and just rip them no, out No,
1: how of do you escape?
0: Oh, you just go to the left while they go to the right. Oh. yeah the cold members decide not to be on the left side of the helicopter and you go well that works for me Mm -hmm. i'm gonna run down this road um there's gonna be a lot of situations where it's like oh it's that easy to leave huh why don't you just leave Mm. uh i think one's gonna be very egregious coming up here in a moment (laughs) so you immediately run off um you like Eventually getting a steel truck, you try to drive out of Hope County only to run to a roadblock that's on a bridge. You're then forced off the bridge into the water. Uh, You're basically left for dead, but you are rescued by an old survivalist named Burke, who quickly informs you that all phone lines have been cut. Cell service doesn't exist in Hope County, and all the roads blocked. Even the radio station is under control of Eden's Gate, so there's no way to get a message out for help.
1: I'm sorry, he said all the roads are blocked? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So th- this is like it's on like an island? So uh no,
0: it's not. But
1: <laughs> Uh-huh. I you know. It's like a it's like a mountain, like it's it's difficult terrain. It's difficult terrain.
0: It's Montana. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Um
0: Yeah, so he good.
1: M- Montana has a lot of pretty traversable land. Like there's a lot of it, but if you've got any sort of motor vehicle, you can Yeah. You, you can kind of go. Y-
0: you you kind of can. Um and I guess I'll just spoil this right now. You're eventually going to make friends with somebody who has a helicopter. Not a helicopter, an airplane. To the oh. point, you're going to have an airplane chase after somebody.
1: Okay. Which you um. think
0: you could just take a left turn and head to Missoula. Yeah. And warn people. Okay, but uh, the roads
1: the roads are blocked, though.
0: The roads are blocked, and yeah. Yeah, you 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 never try escaping after this. You're just told, there's no way to get a message out. Okay. So... My apologies. I'm, I'm,
1: sorry, whose whose jurisdiction is this operation under? Is this like state level, federal level?
0: This is a federal level thing, so
1: that's why the U.S. Marshals are there. Okay, so they don't have any spy satellites observing the operation. At all. I
0: don't. I don't know if the U.S. Marshals use a whole lot of spy satellites, but I okay. will. I will say that for going and arresting a crazy cult member that you know has a bunch of guns, the idea of sending only three three officers in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, seems a little unprepared. Um,
0: it, it does. And given this game's going to take place over weeks, you figure somebody'd be like, oh man, our marshals haven't come back.
1: Yeah, we should send in like a second party, a backup recon, something.
0: Yeah, like literally anything. National
1: Guard, like sniper team, scope things out.
0: Yeah, like a big old something, right? Hmm. Yeah, they never Fly do.
1: Fly a plane overhead.
0: Mm-hmm. Something of the matter. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just maybe- nothing. They do nothing, yeah.
1: The roads are closed.
0: The roads are completely closed, which means the government okay. can't get in to check out what's going on. Yep, okay. America that's what them. that means. That's exactly what that means. This is not going to be the only weird plot hole that's going on in this. <laughs> okay. So I had to apologize. I referred to this guy as Burke. Burke is one of the uh, marshals. His name is actually Dutch. So this old man, Dutch, is pissed mm-hmm. at you because you basically kicked a hornet's nest by taking on Joseph. Uh, your partners have, those marshals, have been handed to different members of Joseph's family, and he immediately recruits you to the resistance, the White Tail Militia. So now, instead of trying to leave, you're instead going to be fighting against Eden's gates with the plan to liberate each area of Hope County from Joseph's family. So, how about we go ahead and talk about these wacky religious leaders? Let's do that. Yeah, because the game makes a big deal that these are just, just as important as Joseph, so. Mm hmm. In the north, you have Jacob Seed.
2: Lives of the few outweigh the lives of the many. And when a nation that's never known hunger or desperation descends into madness,
0: we'll be ready. Jacob is the older brother of Joseph, a 44-year-old army veteran who's in charge of security. Rebellious in his youth, he thought of himself as the protector of his brothers and sisters from his father, an abusive alcoholic who constantly beat all of them. Okay. He served in Afghanistan and Iraq before being discharged with severe PTSD. Alex, how do you think he got this PTSD? you want to give a guess? Uh,
1: Iraq it was? Oh, Iraq
0: or Afghanistan, really. Okay, so,
1: um, uh, I'm gonna guess, like, IED wiped out his squad. Oh, you're thinking realism. What if I told you it was cannibalism? Uh I haven't heard a whole lot of reports of that happening.
0: You yeah, know, I haven't either. But apparently him and his best friend were stuck in the mountains of Afghanistan. They ran uh, out of rations and he had to kill his friend or to eat his corpse and survive.
1: Okay, why were they in the mountains of Afghanistan?
0: I guess on patrol or something.
1: I don't know. They're not really supposed to go there. Ah, eh, I you know. Just That's like super off limits tribal territory.
0: Yeah, typically. It's
1: actually kind of like been an issue for US logistics in the country. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was it was a really, really big problem with dealing with the insurgency, but, you know, they did just two guys up in the they mountains. Just, they
1: just were. Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: Yeah, and then they ran out of rations and he had to eat his friend.
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: great. So he got discharged, and after that he was...
1: <laughs> he got discharged for cannibalism?
0: <laughs> no, no. <What> actually, <laughs> oh? the thing is, he got discharged for the PTSD.
1: Oh, right, right.
0: Okay, <laughs> That's stem sure. from his cannibalism. I, I do, I do, although I do want to see the form that like you no know, says honorable honorable discharge due to cannibalism. That would be oh, pretty yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: While in a restricted area that he wasn't supposed to be in.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, every one of these characters is going to have a really, really dumb backstory like this. Everyone is horrifically traumatized in just the most cartoon character-like ways. (laughs) Great. Good. So, he lived in a homeless shelter for a while down in Georgia. uh, I believe Georgia. uh, Until Joseph came for him and recruited him into his cult. Now, his big thing is that he likes pitting people against themselves in fights to death and training wolves with drugs. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So, Faith Seed... Is the adopted sister of Joseph.
2: Welcome to the bliss. Don't you understand what we're trying to build? Or do you
1: just not care? I watched
0: you run this way and that, inflicting violence on those who wish no harm upon you. Born Rachel Jessup, she was part of an affluent family in Hope County, who, after severe abuse to her to overly kind and trusting nature, uh caused her to turn to drugs and alcohol. She then joined a hippie commune for a while before deciding to get right with God, something that brought her back to Hope County where she met Joseph, who helped her overcome her addiction and renaming her Faith. Now, apparently he did this by giving her a scopolamine patch, uh, a drug that helps with motion sickness and excess secretions, uh, so it would not help with their addiction. Uh-huh. Uh, they literally picked it because um, early true serums uh, supposedly has a scopolamine in them. uh so that's the reason why they used that as a reference, in case you were
1: oh. wondering. Okay, w- was the lore that he gave her a truth serum?
0: I guess so. It's just mentioned that she got scopolamine, a drug that should not help with addiction at all, but somehow did in this case.
1: It also, I would assume, not make you go crazy.
0: You know, I assume not, but I I, I think just bore the severe abuse and all the drugs right. and stuff, and the fact that she's... Her the whole thing is that she is set up to intentionally be very impressionable, mm. uh, and kind of susceptible to cults. Like oddly enough, a lot of her like backstory actually tracks well with, um, okay. with the uh, stories of people who get into cults or right. get out of cults and then end up falling into another type of cult, whether it's like mm-hmm. an MLM or something like that. Right. So this actually, this actually tracks a little bit. Uh. Either way, she's apparently the fourth person to be named Faith by Joseph Seed, with the rest disappearing under suspicious circumstances. Okay, fair uh, enough. She's heavily devoted to Joseph, and for one reason or another, always wears a tattered wedding dress. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? Yeah, because she's pure or something, I don't and, know. Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't... I'm, I'm not... i am I'm gonna not, like, question the... The poetic significance of wedding dresses in video games. That's a rabbit hole too far.
0: Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if we do that. We have to talk about the third birthday. And I, I'm not ready oh, for that. No, no, please. One, one day, perhaps. <sighs> so her job is to make the drug Bliss, which is basically LSD. They use that drug to, to influence the cult and like control their members. Mm-hmm. In the South is John Seed, the younger brother and a lawyer. What if I told you you could be free from sin? What if I told you that everything you ever dreamed could come true? What if I told you that everything could be overcome if you embraced an idea? After the Seed family fell apart, John was adopted by a family called the Duncans, who were a rich and crazy family who considered him impure for reasons and tortured him relentlessly. This is presumably why he became a high-powered lawyer and became incredibly rich. Okay. Now, once he joined Joseph's cult, that helped that allowed him to buy all the land in Hope County. And his big thing is that he discovers the sins of his victims and will carve out the names of said sins on their bodies, including Joseph, apparently, because Joseph is covered with, like, the words greed and lust on him but that are clearly carved into his skin because mm-hmm. it's edgy. Right. Uh, and I guess I should mention Joseph himself, Um, uh, from a young age, was also abused by his father, Oh, one day he fell, hit his head, and he started getting visions in his head, and that's what caused him to basically become a born-again Christian, and decide he needed to start his own cult to bring about the end times. So, back with the deputy, you go around freeing various settlements before eventually you get hit with the bliss by Faith Seed, which ends up you getting captured and transported to one of Eden Gate's brainwashing facilities. Alex, I'm gonna just put this out here. This is gonna mm-hmm. be a reoccurring theme, by the way, where you're gonna get knocked out with bliss, transported somewhere for Joseph to show up and monologue at you with heavily religious rhetoric, rhetoric, uh-huh. to the point that it might as well be a fast travel mechanic. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, you literally get captured like 12 to 15 times in this game. That's
1: too much, man. It is. It is <laughs> that you lose effectiveness after like the second time.
0: You do. It, yeah, you really, really do. And a lot of times it's going to evolve Bliss. Like, you'll either have either Faith will show up and, like, blow Bliss in your face or you'll get shot with a Bliss arrow.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure.
0: You get shot with Bliss arrows multiple times in this game. It's hilarious.
1: <laughs> like, were they planning to have some sort of like, drug addiction mechanic? Like the malaria from Far Cry 2?
0: Maybe. But if they did, they just never implemented it. And so instead yeah. you're just getting
1: costly dosed with LSD. Okay. Via arrow. You'd think that would like lose effectiveness after a while. You think it would, and yet somehow it doesn't. Well,
0: as a storytelling
1: crux, it, right. it, it,
0: it does. But as as a drug, not really. Hmm. So before the brainwashing can be complete, the place is assaulted by the white tail militia. And you're inadvert- who inadvertently rescued a deputy. And that com- gets you in contact with their leader, Eli Palmer. A doomsday prepper who like, immediately distrusts the deputy because you're part of the cops. But once you help mo- rescue militia members, he's pretty cool with you joining your ranks. And he sends you off to kill members of the family. Mm. So you can handle this in any order. So I'm going to handle this in the order that's most inappropriate. Okay. So we're going to start with Jacob. <laughs> So, starting with Jacob, you get shot with arrows, get captured by him, who tortures and brainwashes you. You're then lectured on the collapse, while being tied to a chair next to two other prisoners. The class being the end times, Jesus rising up, wiping Uh, the world clean with cleansing fire, that sort of thing.
1: I, as an aside, I really hate when cults come up with their own name for things other people have already talked about. Right yeah just, just call it the Apocalypse or Doomsday or something. We don't need more names for it,
0: oh, but soon the big boom will come for us all. Oh God, soon the reckoning will happen yeah, yeah it's, it's it's always always a reckoning it's always a reckoning it's get new material, actually, don't we just said don't, don't do that, yeah,
1: just <laughs> get the oldest material mhm,
0: right, right, so this is gonna happen multiple times where He's going to basically open a music box and play the song Only You by the Platters, uh, which then triggers you to go to a rampage and kill everyone around you because you've been basically mentally conditioned to activate on this song, you know, Manchurian okay. Candidate style. Uh huh. So this is going to happen multiple times where you're going to get captured with bliss arrows, trigger another rampage, get captured again, uh, get triggered to a rampage uh, until eventually you're captured alongside Eli, get triggered again, and kill Eli this is the reason why this is the most inappropriate one to start with.
1: Uh-huh, right, okay.
0: <laughs> this time, however, you escape, and in your rampage, follow Jacob up a mountain before getting into a firefight with him, eventually killing him. He then basically tells you, don't worry, this is Joseph's plan all along. You will be the shepherd to bring along the end, or whatever. And then he
1: dies. Okay, so Joseph's plan is to have his lieutenants throw you into a rampage to kill his own people?
0: No, as we'll later find out, but that's that's what he, that's what pretty much every one of his lieutenants is going to say. Okay, like oh, this has to be Joseph's plan. When the answer is like, nah, it really isn't, man. No. So we're gonna move on to Faith now. Uh, once again, she does the same thing, except she'll just gas you with Bliss instead of shooting you arrows. Like she'll literally walk in front of you, and be like, "Here's some Bliss."
2: Ooh. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> How does she not just get shot doing that?
0: Okay, to be fair, I think she only does it like once, but still. Okay. So basically this time you're basically will wander like the forest, like drugged out of your mind while she like monologues uh-huh. at you. And after this happens for the fifth time Great. You manage to mortally wound her during one of your trips, to which she'll then remark, quote, You still don't understand. You don't know what it is you're doing, do you? Joseph believes he's our savior but you'll be the one who decides what happens. You were the start. You'll be the end, end quote. Uh, she's going to be wrong about this.
1: Okay, because <laughs> it sounds like a crazy person dying to death. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it basically is that. <laughs> Finally, what it, wh- where, where is any of this coming from?
0: I, I don't know. They just go like, man, you're good at handling drugs, I guess, and you're murdering all of us. <laughs> you must be
1: the shepherd of God. You
0: must be. No doubt about that. Yeah, it's all stupid. Finally, you move on to John. You are, of course, captured by John and forced to undergo a baptism that John plans on using as a means to drown you. After messing with you for a little bit, though, Joseph stops you and tells him he needs the deputy and says they are not beyond salvation. So you escape and eventually disrupt his operations enough that you have to chase John down in a fun plane chase, a plane you presumably could use to leave Hope County and kill him. So the deaths of his family absolutely devastate Joseph, who immediately radios up the deputy and challenges him to a duel at his compound. Going there, he meets with Joseph outside the church where we find out he he has hypnotized all your friends with the bliss. I haven't even mentioned this, but you get basically like 12 companions throughout this game that you can recruit as guns for hire. Uh, People that include like, you know, like the local pasture and whatnot, other resistance members. Herc's here. He Herc mm-hmm. is hang, hanging out here. I guess I should mention Herc. He is from Hope County, and he's actually going to be the sole connective tissue between this game and Far Cry 6 because he also has a dog uh, that can be a companion. That also is a companion in Far Cry 6. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, you also um, can get a, a bear as well, which is actually fun. That's. Yeah. I, I approve of that. Anyways, yeah. he. he um, he hypnotizes all of them with the bliss, including the bear. And he had to fight him. Um,
1: <laughs> what? Love, love the idea of drugging a bear. Yeah. Okay. So like, so this shit is just LSD, right? Like, yeah.
0: It's hundred percent LSD. Yes.
1: Like, I don't know if the story writers for this game have ever taken LSD. I have not, <laughs> but my understanding it is, is that it, He's a mind-altering agent, but not a hypnosis tool?
0: It isn't, but um, are you familiar with MK Ultra?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, the CIA experiments, at, among other things, uh, to see mm. if uh, they could use mind-control drugs and whatnot. LSD yeah. was a part of that. Okay. So I think it's a direct reference to all that.
1: Right. Wasn't the answer, no, they can't?
0: Oh, yeah, the, the answer was absolutely <laughs> not, and they destroyed countless amount of lives in the process.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just hypnotize the bear with LSD, I guess, sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right,
1: right? Okay, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just glad to know where we are.
0: Yeah. The bear and the dog as well. Although they, at least and, and canoni- the dog.
1: at least canonically they are
0: dosing wolves with LSD as well, so you know.
1: Sure, why not? Also, your twelve friends who I guess he just captured without issue?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just did okay yeah so you get into a fight with him and joseph but not before joseph like knocks over some bliss and he basically drugs you as well and you get into a hallucinogenic gun battle with him which um hey,
1: hey remember that from far cry 3 when it was a knife fight at
0: least he gets yeah. control at this time
1: okay sure i mean that actually sounds like an interesting cool looking set piece for a shooter
0: it apparently is um you actually manage to free your allies by shooting them a lot uh, oh, okay. and eventually they turn on Joseph and you stop him and arrest him great you're sitting outside of the church you have him arrested Sheriff Whitehorse is there everything is great but then Joseph says the wrath of God is upon the earth and a nuke goes off wait there's not more build up to that so there is some radio uh, messages talking about how there's a lot of tension in the world between the United States and an unknown third party and that there's that threat of a nuclear war. So it's... But if you, as far as, like, in the actual, like, narrative up to this point, no, other than uh, just an unspecified collapse, there is not.
1: So, like, I knew that that happened. I assumed it was part of the plot. I mean... And not just a thing that happens.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, 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 it's just a thing that <laughs> happens. It's just Joseph has a very convenient nuke go off right when he gets arrested. <laughs>
1: oh... Sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, the United States is under attack, under nuclear attack. Hmm. That sucks. Anyways, you and all your friends try to escape with Joseph in tow.
1: Uh, Why?
0: Well, you know, because. Shoot
1: him and leave.
0: (laughs) You should, but you don't. Anyways, eventually the deputy loses control of the car and like smashes into a tree, killing everybody except you and um, you and Joseph. Joseph then drags you into a doomsday bunker where you see a dead Dutch and then Joseph wakes you up and you find that you're basically chained to a bed and Joseph tells you that the world has now been cleansed by fire and you're right and well he was right all along and he's upset that you took his family from him and he decides that he should kill you but instead you'll be his new family and the game ends so yeah in the end uh, Joseph was right all along the calamity was about to happen and he wins
1: okay Hooray. this somehow feels like a worse version of outlast 2
2: <laughs> yeah, which kinda. is
1: not a distinction i ever thought that i'd give to any game
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's um
1: it's real stupid
0: it's a real yeah. stupid ending and yeah. it's it's a game that narratively has so many problems like i mean just to start with the game is just so fond of taking control from the player and just being like well you're gonna arbitrarily be captured because of bliss arrows now i guess i don't right. know or like yeah or like yeah guess what you got knocked down now you're chained to a bed oh man i guess you just couldn't control anything after all what's real and what's not man did the nuclear attack actually happen who knows man maybe it was just the drugs Maybe you got triggered by the music playing. I don't know. You never know. All you know is that Joseph has you now. That sucks. Nope. nope. You could become friends with him.
1: It's such a random ending. It's so...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Weirdly, I think the alternative ending to this is is probably better. Because like, when you go to arrest Joseph the final time, you can't mm-hmm. actually walk away with your friends, and you drive away. But then you end up getting triggered like the platters will play. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll end up like intentionally crashing your car to kill all your friends okay like I don't think that's a good ending
1: no but, but I, it's more narratively logical
0: yeah right yeah it works out a little bit better yeah this it's such a bad story and it's funny how like they've slowly escalated more and more and more over the course of Far Cry. Well, actually, I don't know if they actually have escalated more and more, but they definitely have gotten yeah. more outlandish mm-hmm. as time has gone on. And now they're like, well, I guess the United States has destroyed a nuclear hellfire.
1: Yeah, sure. Gonna I mean, I guess that it- explains why you had no backup support this entire time. They had bigger things to worry about, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that like retroactively explains that. Yeah, it's a real case of where they are going to write themselves in a corner with this one. Yeah. But they're going to try to exploit that corner as well as possible, Alex, because uh, Mm -hmm. the following year, 2019, they're going to release a piece of, uh, not quite DLC, uh, but they are going to release a standalone sequel that might as well be DLC called Far Cry New Dawn.
1: You ever heard of this game? I have. I literally heard that it came out was a direct sequel slash follow. I actually thought it was a sequel. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was a new Far Cry game. Um, if it's like Blood Dragon, that sort of makes sense because it kind of is. If yeah. it's standalone, um, but yeah, so direct follow up to Far Cry Five, mm. and then I think that's the last thing I heard about it. And that as probably... I heard, no one talk about it.
0: Yeah, and this game was not particularly well received. Um, mostly because of its scope uh it is a little bit meatier than blood dragon Uh, i think its campaign Mm -hmm. is like 30 missions or something like that Mm. so it's it's not a short game or at least it's not overly short right but um yeah ever since far cry 3 the series has had like previous pre pretty ambitious dlc ideas to help complement their games um Mm -hmm. and like far cry 5 was no different in this regard there's actually two separate dlc packs uh that are kind of they're they're interesting in what they do. Like what if I'm actually you go to Mars?
1: Okay, sure. Yeah.
0: And meet like Herc's disembodied head. Like it's oh, Yeah, it's weird. Sure. Yeah, like there's there's another that's zombie related. Like they, they actually oh, Yeah, yeah they, they try to do some interesting things with that. But for this, they decided, well, what if we just kind of like reused the map and just did a whole new game? Kind of almost like a far cry primal sort of thing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And this is, once again, their whole deal of like, okay, let's make sure this is a yearly sort of thing. Right. Um, Which, uh, spoiler alert, Far Cry 6 is going to come out in 2021, so they're not going (laughs) to succeed in this. Yeah. So, this game is a direct sequel to Far Cry 5, set 17 years in the future, taking place in Hope County. In it, you play as the unnamed, silent protagonist known as the Captain, as you try to fight the Highwaymen. countrywide gang of marauders who are trying to displace the scavengers who are on that land um the highwaymen make zero sets they're basically the bandits from Mad Max Mm. of except somehow both centralized and well they're like a decentralized government more or less uh huh yeah that uh like have like a Texas chapter and like a Louisiana chapter and and a Montana chapter uh so, yeah, it's it's all it's it's an interesting little take on it. And really, the big thing here is more or less like, how is Joseph Seed going to basically repent for everything that happened is more or less how this game goes.
1: <laughs> huh. yeah, because I- I- is he? Well, well, we'll see. OK, so we're not going
0: to jump too deeply into the story of this game, but we'll, we'll give like kind of like the just short, close notes of it. Okay. Essentially, how it starts is that, um, you know, like, the survivors of Hope County, like, some of your guns are hire actually, you know, end up having kids and whatnot, and, like, those are, like, the current crop of characters that are in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the previous characters also still show up, like, Herc is here, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but essentially, what happens is that after the nuclear apocalypse, a man by the name of Thomas Rush, uh, as we see from a flyer that says, in Rush We Trust which is pretty good, uh, decides to lead a group to help rebuild America. He first rebuilds San Francisco with, like, using, like, you know, uh, different engineering and bioethic techniques, and like, once he does that, they all get on a train and travel to different communities, slowly rebuilding the United States along the way. Who built the train? I presume Thomas Rush.
1: Okay. Because it's the Um, most
0: train man name I could think of.
1: True. True. Are we dealing with nuclear fallout at all?
0: Yes. I mean, there's like mutated creatures. And for some reason, a lot of the trees are purple now.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, But people can just live on the surface with no problems. Yeah. After 17 years. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Fallout 76 logic. Okay. I-,
0: I like to think what happened is that only the United States got nuke. So all the dust and whatnot just went to Europe. And okay.
1: yeah and then we just got the clean air coming across the pacific yeah yeah so it worked
0: out you know your first okay. couple of years were bad but now it's good
1: okay and no one no one came over to fuck with america in its blasted out hell health st- hell state no <laughs> like americans just sort of picked themselves up and started rebuilding the country without anyone interfering with the state of affairs yeah absolutely nobody Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Don't know how that worked, but it did. Okay. So, Thomas Rush
0: and you, the captain, are basically just going all throughout the United States on your cool train, going up the Pacific coast, you know, building different things and different communities and making things better. And eventually, you end up in Hope County, Montana. And while you're there, though, the highwaymen learn about you and, led by the twins Mickey and Lou, brutal 20 somethings who see themselves as violent problem solvers, they immediately attack you capture Thomas Rush, and are like, hey, listen, you gotta work with us, or if not, we're gonna kill you and kill everyone else. So, you end up escaping, you end up meeting with the scavengers who convince you, hey, you need to team up with us, and stop these people. Uh, you do eventually rescue Thomas Rush, and he's like, oh man, we're gonna need to really put together an army to deal with these people, because it's, they're somehow, a, literally, a country-wide bandit op- operation, I'm not sure how that works, especially given their leaders are up here, but I don't know. We got to stop them. Sure. So they decide that the way they're going to do it is that they need to recruit a fellow commune to fight alongside them. And that fellow commune is a commune called New Eden. Uh Uh-huh. So New Eden is led by a man named Ethan Seed. Ethan Seed is the son of Joseph Seed. Uh, he was born before the events of this game, before the nuclear holocaust, and once all that happened, he set out to find his father. His father, Joseph, after basically hanging out in the bunker forever with the deputy, you know, got out, found the rest of his flock that still survived, and he built New Eden. Now, New Eden is a religious cult uh, that is different from his old religious cult. Uh, mostly that they are like, oh man, the reason why this all happened was because of technology, so we should all wear potato sacks And that's what they did. Now, they should have all died from radiation, but it turns out there's a magic tree.
1: What? (laughs) Because I was going to be like, okay, are we just, was everyone just fine? (laughs) Like, nuclear bombs covered the country, but, like, everyone was, there's no mechanism for, like, how people survived the final war. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay, magic tree, go on. Yeah,
0: there's the magic tree, and eating that fruit empowers him and his followers and allows him to survive the radiation and horrific conditions and mutated bison.
1: Is the tree also LSD? You
0: know, I think it is implied that it lists and radiation combined to make the tree, so sure. Sure, okay. Yeah, it's an, it's an LSD yeah. tree. Anyways, you get there and you find out that Joseph became disillusioned with all this because he basically saw how the world was honestly kind of terrible. And he's like, huh, maybe my whole thing about hoping the collapse would come was actually bad, and I killed all those people for nothing. Hmm. Whoops. Huh. So Mm. he left to go live in exile, and he left Ethan in charge. Uh, All the while, he... Now, where Joseph went is basically where the tree is, (laughs) So Ethan can't get to the tree and get the fruits. And Ethan's like one of the few people who has actually never eaten a fruit from the tree. Because apparently you need to be, quote, pure in order to receive it.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yeah. Um, this is going to be more true than it has any right to be. I'll just foreshadow.
1: Okay, so wait. So Joseph went to where the tree is. Mm-hmm. Which means Ethan can't go there?
0: Yeah. Because his dad's basically like, no, you can't have the fruits from the tree. Why? Because you're not pure.
1: He's his son. He yeah. left him in charge of his religious cult. Well, maybe he abandoned him for a reason. I don't know. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I know.
0: It's it's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, yeah. So
1: like, he um, doesn't Ethan have an army now? He does. Can he just be like, go away, old man. Give me my fruit. Oh, good news. He's going to eventually do that. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know why he didn't immediately do that. As soon as his dad said, no, you can't have the fruit that Mm -hmm. is important to not die from radiation poisoning. But okay. Sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It is implied that most of the radiation is gone by this point, but yeah.
1: Oh, so he just wants to eat the bliss fruit.
0: Yeah. He just wants to eat the bliss fruit. Okay. Yeah. So, you eventually go and meet with Joseph, who tells you more or less everything that we said, that how, like, his son Ethan covets power and acclaim, and so he wants the sacred fruit, and he's just not pure, and he can't have it. So, um, he also is, like, basically being driven by the voices in his head to be like, oh, you're actually going to be the shepherd that's going to save us all. So, uh, listen, man, I'm going to help you out. Yeah, I'm going to definitely pledge new Eden to your cause, so we can fight basically a two-front war against the, uh, the highwaymen. Uh, also here have a piece of this fruit oh you got superpowers now congratulations
1: uh, sure okay that's the, sure there's radiation and LSD in the fruit why wouldn't it give you superpowers that's fine is it possible to have like a long-standing chronic aneurysm that gives you like delusional symptoms
0: Um, I mean there has been definitely people who have had like um, chronic brain in- like traumatic brain injuries mm. who will see like visions and whatnot mm. Yeah, so that's that's not unknown. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of actually uh, there was a cult that David uh, that um that Dr Kellogg was uh the guy who made the the, hmm. the cereal Port company lakes. yeah yeah he was actually part of a cult that was founded by a lady who who hit her head when she was young and had visions so oh. yeah 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 big thing back in the 19th and early 20th century not so much gotcha. now but yeah so um. Yeah, so like, uh, he also allows you to team up with this guy. He's basically his right hand man, whose name is the judge, who wears a mask and just speaks in tones. Uh,
1: that's uh-huh. the deputy. It's the deputy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's the deputy. Okay. Who else would it be?
0: I you know, just figure <laughs> I make that clear. <laughs> okay. So, um, y'all end up, like, fighting against the highwaymen. Eventually, um, uh, Thomas Rush gets uh, kidnapped again. Uh, you end up going willingly, allow yourself to be cuffed willingly and captured by Mickey and Lou, uh, who then go, man, you're an idiot, shoots, uh, shoots Rush in the head with a mm. shotgun, uh, are about to kill you until you escape. Uh, and that's when you eventually get back to New, e- New Eden and find out that, oh no, it's been completely overrun by by the highwayman because it turns out Ethan has betrayed you and has basically sold out the cult to uh to the highwayman.
1: hmm Okay.
0: Yeah, so you do eventually end up killing um you end up killing uh, Lou. Uh you end up confronting Mickey and you're basically given the choice to like, you know, kill her or let her go. Um but that eventually leads you to confronting Ethan at the tree. Now He decides that whatever, man, I'm going to eat a fruit from this tree. And it turns out Joseph was totally right about him not being pure because it turns him into a monster. So then you have to like basically fight and kill him. You set him on fire. You set the tree on fire. He fuses with a tree and dies. It's awful. Actually, Joseph. Yeah. Um, Joseph then destroys the last remnant of the trees and like acknowledges that. Oh, man, I guess I wasn't supposed to be the person to bring about the collapse and wasn't like basically the Messiah that God was hoping for.
1: He wasn't. He didn't. He didn't do anything.
0: He did not. Not at all. He hasn't done anything, but, you know.
1: No one in this story did anything.
0: Not really. You sort of did, very silently, but that's about it. And so he's like, Captain, you're the true shepherd. Also, by the way, I realize I'm a cancer on society, and I can't live with the monstrous crimes I've committed, which includes helping to kill my own son. So he falls to his knees, screaming to be released, and asking him to shoot him. Asking the captain to shoot him, like he grabs a gun and puts it in his chest, like, shoot me! Uh-huh. And he can choose whether to do so or not. Regardless though, Joseph disappears, like he either dies and is forgotten, or he leaves to parts unknown. And that's Far Cry, the new dawn. How you feeling, Alex?
1: Confused. Yeah? Yeah, right? I don't... So, Far Cry 3 is, was at the time very well regarded. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of debate we can have about how well much of Far Cry 3 has aged. But at the time, it was well regarded for the way it's attempted to write a story about indulging violent nature and sort of defining ourselves through selfish and violent actions. Mm -hmm. Far Cry 4 took sort of its own uh, narrative trend. I think it was probably written a lot better even if it wasn't as starkly thematically about stuff like human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know what the point of this game story is. I don't know. I, I don't get it.
0: I think, I think for new Dawn specifically, it was meant to be a redemption arc for Joseph C to explore him more of somebody who like, Hey, I, the end times are going to happen. And then the end times do. And then, well, what do they do after that? Right. Which I think is an interesting premise.
1: It is an interesting premise, yeah. Do they um, execute
0: on it? Eh, not so certain about that one.
1: Yeah, it is. I would say it's a middling execution of a follow-up to a middling at best game about, I don't know, shooting a religious cult with militants.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and I think that's how most people felt about it. Because once again, yeah, New Dawn, I think it averages to be like a 78% on Metacritic. Like, uh. not bad, but not great. Yeah. And, yeah, it to say, this is uh, not exactly fondly remembered as a game. And much like how Far Cry 5 is not really fondly remembered much as really anything. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to lead to some interesting things, because, Alex, there is a Far Cry 6. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to spoil things by saying that the world's going to be fine... In a game that takes place in 2021. Remember how I said this game takes place in 2018? Oh yeah,
1: that did happen.
0: Yeah, and I said pay attention to that. This is the reason. Uh Uh-huh. Because 2021's gonna happen, and the United States is gonna be shockingly fine, but it's not a retcon. I mean, it is a retcon, but it's also not.
1: So the biggest mistake I think Far Cry 5 made, well... Is this the biggest one? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, Is the way that it ended, because not only is it stupid and has nothing to do with anything else, it is too impactful. Mm -hmm. It's too significant for a series that has been full of, yeah, that happened, probably. Mm -hmm. It doesn't affect anything outside of the scope of itself, so who cares?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas... Now, they like, like I said earlier, they ri- they wrote themselves into a corner, right? Like, are you gonna turn this into Fallout now? Like, cool. I mean, that's the direction you can take it in if you want,
1: yeah. And then New Dawn quickly went, uh, no,
0: yeah, uh, no, eh, maybe not actually, yeah. And so, like, when they get to Far Cry 6, they are going to very much go back to the roots in a way that's honestly very on the nose because you're going to be going to a tropical island to fight people that yeah. surrounded by palm trees. Yeah, it's it's very Far Cry three esque in many ways, mm, dealing yeah. dealing with the uh, you know idea of do you have what it takes to be brutal. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a real issue, and it's going to it's gonna waste a really good character actor too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Alex, that's gonna be for next time as we talk about that, and then finally get to. The incredibly impactful DLCs for this game, for Far Cry 6. Mm. Um, One of which actually explains why the US got nuked. Oh, wow. Yeah. In a throwaway line. Oh, okay.
1: That's bad. That's that's pretty much appropriate for the series, I'll be honest. It is. But we'll leave that for next time.
0: Alex, do you have any final thoughts?
1: I think the reason I completely didn't even really remember new dawn is because in my head i mixed it up with new blood specifically wolfenstein new blood another pseudo sequel to a long-standing shooter franchise that came out basically the same time or slightly before Mm -hmm. and new blood was very bad
0: yeah yeah it was
1: it was incredibly bad and so for some reason when i try to Even remember what New Dawn was in my head, I just insert what New Blood was in there instead. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, that must have been bad. And it turns out you're right.
0: Yeah. I mean, clearly you should not put new anything in your. Just
1: don't, yeah, don't do anything new.
0: Yeah, don't do anything new. Uh, Video game industry, the video game industry is actually well on top of that. Uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's. Oh, man, if we ever talk about Wolfenstein,
1: I don't look forward to that one. Yeah, that, that seems bad. But also, it seems like there wouldn't be a lot to talk about. No. Because um, most of its runtime is uh, grinding the same mission over and over again.
0: Yeah, it turns out. Oh, boy. What a game. What a game. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for us today, Alex. Appreciate you joining us as always. Of course. And for the, you, the listener, if you want to listen to other episodes of Fallen Through Plot Holes, such as the first two parts of this series, you should go to fgp.poddumie.com or search for Fallen Through Plot Holes on your podcast service of choice. Leave us a like, give us a review, do all that good stuff. And until next time, everybody, take care. Take care.